Alright guys, this week on WGT, World Golf Tour, the official gaming partner here at DNVR, we have the Elf on a Shelf shootout at Pebble Beach. Can't wait for this one. You guys can go head-to-head with all of us here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Me, Adam Vote, Eric, D-Line. You can go head-to-head with the entire DNVR staff as well by downloading WGT and then searching for the DNVR 4 Country Club. And if you want to be entered into the drawing that we do every week for prizes, free DNVR merch and swag, screenshot your scorecard at the end of your round this week. Again, it's the Elf on a Shelf Shootout at Pebble Beach, which you automatically be entered into when you sign up in one of our country clubs, DNVR 4. Register for that one. Just screenshot your scorecard and reply to us on Twitter at DNVR underscore sports to that pinned tweet. You can also email us at info at See you guys out on the course. Big Jim Michael Green guys here. Big Jim Michael Green guy. Big Jim Michael Green guys. He's a big guy too. Big guy. He's a big guy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Mades. I'm joined by my esteemed crew of Denver Nuggets experts, analysts, and then, of course, Eric. But yeah, first, should I leave? Uh, <laughs> but first, sitting here up at the top right, looking like an extra in a, uh, I would say, like a gangster movie. It is Brendan Vogt. Gangster movie, huh? I yeah. feel very Colorado right now. I am assimilating. You look Got like my North Face on. Yeah, I'd say you look like an extra to Eight Mile or something like one of the smaller, no, smaller parts. Not what I was going for, <laughs> but I'll take it. The man with the wind in his hair, Harrison Wind. Very excited to be uh, moving forward into uh, the on season with you guys. Boo. I don't know. I don't know. Little yeah. tease. That's not how you speak, Harrison. Be true to yourself. Yeah. Be proud of how you mispronounce words. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got the artist. Oh. You know him as Eric. I know him as D-Line Co. That made me feel especially good. <laughs> <laughs> All these inside jokes that I don't know if anybody actually gets, <laughs> but we enjoy doing them. Uh, guys, today we have an exciting show because the on-season is here. Of course, yesterday was the first day of the on-season, like the week of the on-season, but today was actually an official an official training camp day, even if training camp this year is weird as hell and players are working out one on zero for this first portion <laughs> of, of training camp. Um, but we did get to speak to Michael Malone today. We got to speak to Jamichael Green today for the first time. And we got to speak to Monte Morris today. And there was like, it was in, you know, not every media availability is packed with like important details but when you come back after a long off season with a new roster and under such crazy circumstances as this i felt like this was a very content rich media availability today what do you think harrison totally totally and um michael malone it's funny like he always comes into every season with like a theme or like a central message that he's trying to instill on his roster and for me this is like a different situation heading the training camp than the Nuggets have ever been in. That's like the, the big theme around this team right now. And yeah. like, just in my opinion, they've had so much continuity, so much just roster steadiness from year to year. They've brought the same guys back really these last two seasons completely. This year, they're bringing in like seven new guys. And right. you couple that with just this crazy off season, how short it's been, how over this, like over these first couple of days of workouts, guys are only going to be playing one on zero. 
that just adds the kind of complexity of bringing in a bunch of new pieces. So I feel like that's where Mike Malone's at. He, he's really excited for the season, but he's also just a little trepid over just kind of the changing parts. And that was a big theme I thought of today's media availabilities. The last three media days, whatever this is, training camp stuff, we've talked about the Nuggets continuity, and Malone has really poked fun at the lack of variety in our questions, everything hitting that buzzword. It's all different this year, or not all, but so much is different, um, probably more so than, than in any year in my tenure here covering this team. So there were genuine questions to be asked. Uh, answers we're seeking, and some updates on Will Barton as well. So an information-packed media availability. Stoked to talk about it with you guys. And if you guys I'm are new to, to find out about it myself, if you guys are new to the to the show or new to the program, I know we've picked up a lot of people. Myself, Harrison, and Brendan Vote are credentialed media members um, and have been for several several years. Eric is not, nor is he a reporter, nor does he have any in- journalistic integrity <laughs> no, at all. No, no, but it no, makes no. nice integrity. Integrity of any type. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. One of these things is not like the other situation each and every day here in the DNBA show. Um, but he is a really great guy. And uh, <laughs> no, but uh, it does. It does, Eric. And because a lot of it, you you often represent sort of the audience or the you know the the, the, the fans. So um, we will rely on you to sort of ask questions and you know things that you're curious about since you were not part of this media availability. But I do want to talk about what I thought was probably. I, the single biggest revelation as it pertains to the actual basketball and training camp that is about to be played, which is that Michael Malone said, and I think we have this, Kale, do we have the audio available of, of the uh, the full quote from Malone yet? Or are we still working on that? I would say uh, our starting one and our starting five are pretty well cemented. We've got two pretty good players, uh, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, phenomenal talents, coming off of a incredible run uh, down in Orlando in those 19 playoff games. Uh, after that, I'll be honest, Harrison, um, I can't sit here today uh, in this secretive location and tell you who our starting two, three, and four will be. Uh, that is something that I look forward to kind of uh, looking at and watching. Uh, I will say Michael Porter, I think, really showed himself well in those 19 playoff games that he had a chance to play in Orlando. And I think Michael Porter has a chance to be a, an all-league talent. Okay, there's a lot to get to in that quote. But I kind of have to start at the most hmm. important aspect of this. Hmm. Did my, This was, for the record, this was Harrison Wynn's question. <laughs> and I swear Michael Malone threw Harrison a little bone here and said forward. He's looking forward. <laughs> Did anybody else hear this? We've already got someone in the comments saying they no. hear it. They right? heard it, right? You guys heard this. It was the, I stopped. I was like in this meeting, and I just went immediately. To yeah, I, I think Did it took like five this? seconds before vote to put in the Slack. Did he just say forward? Yeah. <laughs> no, Do we have forward. the just the clip forward? Do we have I don't even know. That is something that I look forward to. Uh, that is something that I look forward to. Uh, that is something that I look forward to. Uh, that is something that I look forward to. <laughs> it's like Harrison's mic malfunction. Uh, he didn't say forward. He didn't say forward. He said like forward. He said forward. 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 All right. F O W R D. F O W R D. Full on conspiracy quarter. We have to take a vote. Brendan, 
Did did he did Michael Malone just throw a little bone to Harrison Wind here on Harrison Wind's question? Look, man, this is one too many coincidences. Michael Malone is listening. He may very well be watching. Move forward accordingly. He did say forward. What do you, what do you think, Eric? I think he said forward. I think he was literally. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that he, it, it felt guys. to me like, uh, I, it felt to me like not a nod, but he was like suffering from the same affliction that uh, plagues Harrison when he said. <laughs> it, it, just it a genuine it wasn't, like Yeah, that. it wasn't intentional. It was just like an East Coast kinship. That he, right, he, me and Mike Malone, <laughs> both from New York, both born in New York. People from New York just say different words different ways. That's just how it is. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> you and Michael Malone have none of the same speech. <laughs> Harrison Wynn, noted New York person. Harrison Wynn. <laughs> like he might have said fjord, yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna vote yes. Why not? It's oh, more fun. No, I'm gonna no. vote yes. This was a total nod. So it's two to one. Harrison. Two to one. He was, was was well. The second question is: Was it in honor of, or was it mocking Harrison? Wheeler? Oh, totally. definitely mocking. Definitely, totally mocking. mocking. definitely mocking. Uh, all right, but all right. So all jokes aside, we were excited when we heard that today. But all jokes. And Michael Malone is the type of guy to always throw those little. He's a he's a pretty funny guy. Like in in the little scrums, but. The funny thing guy, that he was, Michael Malone. <laughs> no, he is a we funny go, guy. He's yeah. funny. He's, he's funny? very comical. Yeah. <laughs> very get him a t-shirt. Funny guy. How yeah, am you, I funny? What are you saying? He's, he's like, I tell jokes or something? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, he would definitely funny respond guy. like that. Um, but what he was talking about was the starting spot. And so I don't know what I find more interesting. I think everybody is looking at the season on pins and needles wondering what MPJ. Is he going to be the starter? Is he going to step up? Is he going to melt? All of that stuff. But... I was equally as surprised to hear that three spots are up for grabs. I could have thought two spots. I could have thought one spot. I could have thought two power forward as well. The shooting guard spots up forward. for grabs. I, that to me is as interesting as, as any of this. No vote. No vote. Yeah, I would have thought that actually would be the third lock. Some people might say MPJ. Right. I think it probably leaning there, but. Given what Will Barton has contributed to this team, Malone's hesitation to play him in the past, it's never been a lock. Um, Gary, right. a little surprising. Yeah. I, I, uh, and I don't know if that's because they're waiting to see how and if Will Barton fact in, factors into either of these competitions. But I would have guessed that Gary Harris was a, was a set-in-stone starter. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this last night. Like, who do we think the, what do we think the starting lineup uh, is going to be, and I really thought there was only one battleground at that power forward position. Uh, whether or not, because I, I envision a world in which um, it is Jamal, it is Gary Harris, it is MPJ, um, just by virtue of the fact that uh, the log jam in front of him uh, disappeared and went to Detroit True. for some reason. And then, um, you know, is it Jamichael Green? Is it Dad? And then right. Jokic, obviously. Like, I really just thought it was a, a competition between uh, Green and Dad, but. I guess no. uh, we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, I wrote this on the DNVR.com today when I was just kind of laying out some storylines to follow during training camp and just how I think this year is just all about MPJ. I've been told that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the starting small forward. Um, I, I think that's Windchime. what's, what's going to happen. Wow. But then again, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Michael Malone is leaving it up to discussion and competition at this point. Uh, it's probably smart of him to do that, but right. I totally expect MPJ to be at the three when this season starts. I've also been told Paul Millsap's going to start the four, just with the familiarity there with him and Nico Jokic. And we even heard from Jermichael Green. We'll talk about him in a second, but he said today he's more than okay with coming off the bench. The two is super interesting, though, 
because you've got Gary Harris, you've got Will Barton there. And when you think about like position battles, usually they're between two up and coming guys who are looking to establish themselves in the league. I feel like this could be a little awkward if Gary Harris and Will Barton are competing against each other at the two. These are two established guys, the two longest tender nuggets on the roster. They have a lot of pull in that locker room. That seems like it's a little awkward to me. So you're mentioning it as a Barton-Gary battle, and that would be awkward. I don't know if I even see it that way. I mean, again, we've been trying to make sense of why the Nuggets brought in another point guard when they already had three on the roster, all of whom seemed like they were primed to play this year. P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris, and now Facundo Campazzo. So now the question is, what if one of those guys starts? And I'm not saying it's Campazzo, but what if it is always going – the plan is always to have two point guards on. I think Campazzo and P.J. Dozier project to fit re- pair really nicely together because yeah. one of them is a long boy and one of them is really short, and, you know, you can do some <laughs> of this stuff. But – so maybe Monte is competing for that spot. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe Jeez. maybe PJ is competing for that starting spot. I it makes sense to me if you just throw out what it means and what it says to your team. Because one of the questions I have for this season, if you just talk about the things that concern you, we always talk about the balance between continuity and going stale. And I wonder if the some of the guys that you that I worry about personally, Monte Morris wanted an extension this year, did not has so far has not received it. Gary Harris, you know, his role on this team has sort of lowered and his production has lowered over the course of a few years. And you wonder how much longer he's happy with that. And Will Barton is effectively in a contract year coming off of an injury. I just I'm not saying that there is tension or anything with them now, but there could easily be, especially if you talk about a guy in Gary Harris, who's been starting for the Nuggets for four seasons, suddenly finds himself in a greatly reduced role. So to me, I hear these things and it just, my ears go up and I go, Hmm, that's another landmine or minefield for Malone to navigate. And when Malone's gone to this competition well in the past and found water with it, right? I mean, it's inspired, you know, a team full of guys that were all willing to sort of put their personal stuff aside for the time being to, to pursue a common goal, a collective goal. And I'm sure they still all feel that way, but like with each season you do that, it gets a little harder. Like both Gary and Will probably have a leg to stand on to say, no, I have earned a starting spot. Enough with that stuff. It was cute. It was fun. But I know who I am to this team. And I think they would both have a, a sort of right to throw their hat in that in that ring. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see if it bears fruit for Malone this time around. I would it's be surprised if it's not Gary or Will at the starting two. Uh, something else I've been told is that Will Barton – is excited about the prospects of potentially playing more two mm. with Michael Porter Jr. stepping in yeah. at the three. Um, he's been playing out of position for these last couple of years at the right. three. Um, so when, and I think it's going to happen, but like when MPJ gets established at that starting three, I think Will would, would love to play some two. So I think it's going to be between those two guys, though, Gary and Will. It's so interesting. It's so funny, like the – way that sports are just the the fact that every year your organization the 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 place that you work for just hires two or three more people and like you just have like whether or not like it, 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 it it's not even like whether or not 
they should. It's just they do. It comes and so it's like DNVR. Eric, he did a great job. This was a great year for us, but we got a new graphic designer. He's younger. He's a lot younger. You know, like he's got a lot more to prove than you. But yeah, want to pay you at your age. Yeah, we weren't like we weren't necessarily looking for one, but like we had to. Yeah, it was the best one on the board. Um, We're considering your your name's popping up in trade rumors over to uh, 104.3 The Fan. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll listen. Listen. I'll listen. But uh, the idea that just um, because there is this this notion of the continuity and things that have been earned and things that have been proven in the past, but it, at a certain point, like you just start over every year and you just have to reestablish everything. So um, I'm really interested to see what Gary is able to bring. And you know, it's, it will be interesting, to, obviously, to, to, for you guys to be able to watch to see like what kind of dynamics happen in the locker room if you or i guess maybe you won't get to go there but uh, no one gets to go in the locker room but just the fact like you'll just being able to see if there's any like cues of people are feeling slighted and you do have those like weird human elements that get brought into you know what we often talk about is just sort of like a mechanical placement of pieces yeah this is i want to acknowledge this comment because i think this is just so highly unlikely but it is another sort of scenario that right there's been a couple of highly unlikely scenarios that we've dismissed over the last several months that have actually come true one of them being jeremy grant not resigning with the denver nuggets and teams offering him 20 million so although i think it's (laughs) unlikely that michael porter jr would start at power forward and the nuggets playing like especially small it at least is a thing that could happen i mean that is an option that that screams like death lineup to me that, that does seem okay. Go yeah. to offensive lineup to close yeah. a game that nobody Agreed. can stop. That's it does not seem like a Michael Malone comes out of training 80, camp and is like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll roll one. those five out. Yep. Um, but also on the topic of just, uh, he did, by the way, in that quote we just played, MPJ having the inside track, he talked about how great he looked in the playoffs, which I thought was kind of funny because he got benched in the playoffs. But he did look good, I think he means down the stretch and, and, and what have you. But he also did. And I think today was a day that really hammered this home. This is more of a different Nuggets team than any of the last four or five seasons. There, there's been more roster turnover, seven new players. and a lot. And even though it's the core guys are still back, I think the idea with Barton being sort of a mystery and, and you know some of these other things, I think it does feel more than ever like this is going to be a, a unique sort of training camp for him. And to make things harder... The team is practicing right now one on zero. Everybody has these like individual workouts. And Malone said that not until the sixth, which is a couple more days away, five more days away. Sunday. That Sunday. That is the first day that the team can get together for a team workout. And he said that'll be the day that many of the guys meet each other for the first time. Think about how weird that is. What that is this? <laughs> these guys haven't even met each other and we're talking about how they fit and this and that stuff. And it's like, well, they haven't even said hi. <laughs> yeah, it's it, and it just kind of adds to the difficulties of this season and, and the fact that there's been so much turnover because, like, looking back to last year, Jeremy Grant was the only new piece here in Denver. Yeah, yeah Michael Porter Jr. was joining the rotation, but he had already been around these guys for a year. Jeremy Grant was the only new piece. And yeah. now you've got Jamichael Green. You've got Isaiah Hartenstein. You've got Faku Kumpazzo. Uh You've got all these guys who have never met their teammates – and um, I don't know. Is there a team dinner? I don't know if there's a team dinner. Probably not, not a formal under, team dinner. That's always like strong. a seminal. You that's always like one. a seminal yeah. moment in every team's like beginning. And a then somebody camp. gets up and speaks and says, "Hey, yeah. Like, yeah, like there's always that. It's a big moment. Not until the 11th. The NBA sent out a memo saying no team dinners until the 11th. So 
Maybe they will have one, but it won't be anytime soon. Wouldn't it be amazing? You just like are driving down the street and you see the Nuggets set up at outdoor tables in a bike, <laughs> in a bike lane, like all. Of us. <laughs> By the way, I think this highlights some of the different ways players can have value inside a locker room and the different presences people can bring to the table. For example, Monte Morris has already reached out to Campazzo, which is yes. not surprising because we know in the past he's always the first guy to reach out on social media or in real life to the newcomers. And I just think this year more than ever, that stuff really matters. You yeah. said so I've coined yeah. him like the mayor of Denver. And I, I like I just think that's very encouraging to know that Monte, the number one guy who could be affected, by the way, by some of these additions, particularly Campazzo, Campazzo has reached out to these guys and done what he can to bridge that gap because it'll be important. You can't foster that chemistry and they don't have that continuity hitting the ground running this year. Um, should we take? Is there anything else from Michael Malone that you feel like ne- needs to be shared? Uh, vote or, or Harrison? Any other big takeaways? Um, I mean, shout out Mike Malone for watching the DNBA show, the DNBR, <laughs> listening to the DNBR Nuggets podcast. Such a homie. Uh, thanks for your listenership. We appreciate it. And yeah, we'll we'll keep trying to put together good shows for you. I don't know if you wanted to save this because we'll. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. It came up in the other interviews. He had some interesting stuff to say about Will Barton. I thought. Yep. Um, when asked about his status, uh, real quick, I'll just say that he hasn't seen Will Barton quote in quite some time. End quote. But from everything he hears from Will and his people, he's doing well both physically and mentally. He stressed the mental part, uh, which I thought was noteworthy. Um, so we, we got some updates from him and, and from Monte as well, which we'll talk about on the other side of the break. Yeah, definitely. Listen to this from DraftKings, guys. The gyms may not be full, but there's definitely no shortage of madness this college basketball season. For us fans, the college basketball powers that be have gifted us with a top-tier matchup between two powerhouses this weekend gonzaga and baylor will be going toe-to-toe for what could be the nation's top ranking DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app is bringing you closer to the action with these can't miss offers DraftKings sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win 100 dollars when betting on either gonzaga or baylor to win this clash of titans Plus, you'll get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 as well when signing up using the promo code DNVR. Make sure to use that promo code. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right, $1 to win $100. Use promo code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these great offers. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-247-00. Sweet. Is that it? Oh, that's it from DraftKings. Also, um, I think... I just want to give a quick shout out to Breck Brewery because I think they still have Always. that uh, ice skating rink set up. I think oh, wow. they've still got that big tubing hill set up at the farmhouse. Not that far from downtown Denver. Probably not that far from where you're located, but um, I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for the inevitable DNVR ice skating outing. I'm excited for that to see all you guys yeah, on ice skates. I'm going to check you into the board so hard, <laughs> but just to be clear, out of love. 
<laughs> yeah, oh man. man, Adam just keeps up in the ante. Do I have any more Brett Brew stuff? All I have is a hat and an actual beer. <laughs> That's enough, I think. <laughs> we believe That's you. We believe you that you're Brett Brew. <laughs> Do you? Okay, good. Alrighty. Um, okay, so let's get back here to it now. We'll... <laughs> Maybe the highlight of today, other than Michael Malone's forwardness, was <laughs> our first conversation nice. with Jamichael Green. And I got to say, guys, I'm going to start with my first big takeaway, because I don't know. There's a couple meaty details in there that I had not, I did not know. The meaty but D's. My number one takeaway is big fan. Big fan of Jamichael Green, man. I mean, really? I have saw this coming from all the Clippers fans that and, and writers and stuff that were really like, yeah, man, he was great to cover, great teammate, all this stuff. But then, and then you saw him on Instagram reacting to, <laughs> trying to figure skate, come on, man. They don't make skates my size. <laughs> they, and then I saw uh, that. Good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw that he replied to every person that wrote him on Instagram, yep. you know, thanking him. And you think, okay, this guy seems cool. Talking to him today, he seems like a nugget, man. Like, and I mean, what, what I mean by that is he seems like Denver has targeted guys that know and accept their role, that want to, are about the good things, that, that, you know, this just aren't for all the auxiliary things or distractions or whatever. He just, he really impressed me today with in his media availability, and I am more excited now to be covering this guy and watching him than I than ever before. It's wild, man. Like the the ways this is sort of poetic with Jeremy Grant going out, Michael Green coming back in, Grant being essential to that Clippers series. Green should have maybe playing more on the other side. Right, right. Grant leaving because. He wanted a bigger role, maybe some other reasons, we're not sure. But Green, what did we learn today? He wants to be in Denver. And not just does he want to be in Denver, he wants to be here for the right reasons. He believes in Jokic and Murray. He believes in Michael Big Malone. fan in Jokic and Murray, Big man. Like, he duo. was raving about those two. Big fan. So he, he mentioned that he almost signed with the Nuggets last season before re-signing with the did Clippers. Did not know that. Had this in the back of his mind the whole time that he wanted to come back to Denver and that this was sort of an easy decision for him. And that he likes the play style. He likes the way Denver plays. Be willing to be a part of that, even to come off the bench. This is 100% every box checked. Things you wanted to hear from Jermichael Green, we heard them today. Wow. That's awesome. So I wonder if when we were hearing rumblings from the front office that players were and agents were reaching out saying that they wanted to play in Denver if he was just specifically talking about Jermichael Green. It could be, man, because it does sound like, I mean, Brendan kind of alluded to it just a second ago, but that they were close last year to working a deal. And you remember Denver last year traded for Jeremy Grant, right? That right. They made that move. I, I, it makes me wonder if Jermichael Green was right there in the was conversation. the other guy, right? Yeah, the other guy or something. Wind that they, framed it that way, that there were two guys. They scoured the whole league and there were two guys. So he, was not the the not, other guy. he was not, he was the, not other the other guy. guy. <laughs> All right, um, it, the he was not the other guy in the Jeremy Grant discussion. But they, I think they might have had interest in him in just like another capacity. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I think that was cool. What did you take away from it, Wind? Um, super nice guy, man. Southern hospitality with Jermichael Green I feel mm. like is real. He's like from Alabama. Just seems like a really down-to-earth uh, low-key guy. And yeah. like you said, Adam, he seems like a nugget. Uh, and then, like Vote was saying, I think you're spot on. It, he likes the Nuggets play style. He, he likes how they're always moving. Um, it's actually funny. Jeremy Grant made a very similar comment to that when he actually arrived in Denver last training camp. He was like, I'm paraphrasing here, but oh, I'm coming from Oklahoma City where it was just Westbrook and Durant playing right. ISO ball. I'm excited to be in this free-flowing offense. That's kind of what Jamichael Green had to say today coming from the Kawhi sure. Leonard and Paul George Pistons. And then I also thought it was interesting. 
he was uh he just kind of mentioned this offhand but he was saying how when the clippers blew that 3-1 lead he saw how much heart and how much fight the nuggets had and that seemed like it really resonated with him and was another reason why i wanted to come here not not to just totally rag on the clippers although eric if you want to feel free um but (laughs) there was a lot of there was a lot of (laughs) i felt like there was a decent amount of contrasting the clippers and what it was like to be on that team to what he hopes it will be like with this Nuggets team. I mean, just from the unselfishness and the toughness. And it's just so funny because prior to that series last year, every blowhard in the world would have said, oh, the Clippers are a tough team because they've got Beverly and they've got Morris and they got Kawhi and guys that are – and then Denver, they're the soft team. Look at them. And it's funny for the actual player who was involved with that being like – yeah, this team was really tough, man. Like they're, mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean. It's just it, yep. it's such a hilarious contrast to me. That, that is when you look at the two squads. I mean, <clears throat> it's funny because the front man Kawhi Leonard is the least outspoken player, but uh, Patrick Beverly very outspoken. The Morris brother, I can't even remember which one it was anymore. Uh, very outspoken, and the Nuggets are just like they don't talk. Like Paul Millsap does not talk. Uh, Nikola Jokic talks only to the refs, but he's not like trash talking <laughs> other players. And it's funny, like to see the 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 the, the, the uh, you know what is it? Uh, be quiet and walk with a big stick. What it, like speak softly speak and carry softly a big stick. Yeah. big stick. I got at least two of those. You words, were so right? close. Uh, but the idea being that um, you know, like the the little dog barks loud, but the you know, like the actual tough guys just like go out and do their right. work, right? Like, and so. Um, Jermichael Green being in there was able to see the truth. Like the Nuggets were not at all shaken by the Clippers. It was like a team that had heart and resilience, and it wasn't just like a lucky break that they were able to overcome that three-one lead. The cracks in the Clippers and the their false bravado uh, came out, and so that that I mean that's awesome to see that confirmed from from the, from an inside source. It's um, also like for me part of the Jokic experience is this guy's helping to redefine what greatness looks like and what we expect from these guys and that you have to be Jimmy Butler to be an effective leader in in, in a dog moment. But what does anyone that's watched the Nuggets closely for the last two years know about Jokic? The dude's a dog. So (laughs) I I don't know. I just love that. Like the, the Nuggets don't have that. They don't project that outwardly, but in between the lines, they've got it for days and that's all that matters. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Jim Michael Green. I'm all in. Um, And look, this is us, right? We, 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 root for the nuggets we talk about them non-stop like we want to like these guys but he made it really easy today i thought and really over the last couple little bit you got what's going on i, just, I can't la- I, I can't stop laughing at uh, how badly i botched that uh, that phrase and how it was summed up in the, in the comment. it was not lost on the commenters how poorly yeah, i did you're getting it. explained in the comments <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my final thing on jamichael green and this is just what i took away from what he said today I don't think he shed a tear when he found out he wasn't going back to the Clippers. Uh, I think he was more than happy uh, totally, to move man. on from that organization. And Montrez Harrell, too, like when he went with the Lakers and just kind of like threw some darts on the way out yeah. of the, at the organization. We, we got to ask Jermichael Green about Paul George a lot. Just see. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's the leak. We'll find out. Uh, I, the other player that talked today was Monte Morris. One of my, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. One of my favorite nuggets of the last decade. I just, I, I'm a big fan of Monte. I worry that he's entering the final year of his contract. I, hope, I, I fear that this might be the end of the line with Monte. I hope not, but we'll find out. Um, what did you take away from his vote, uh, his availability today? You know what? I sort of hit on my 
big takeaway, which was comments on Compazzo. Well, Barton and Compazzo as well. And he said, like, I, he's a hell of a player. I like playing with guys like this. He said he wasn't surprised to see the team add another playmaker. He knows Malone likes that. He wouldn't be surprised if they're one of those teams in the NBA that runs three, sometimes even four guards at a time this season. Um, So I just loved hearing that from Monte because I think, again, we talked about how things can change in terms of team goals and personal goals. And I don't think anyone would blame him if he was starting to feel a certain type of way about not getting that extension yet. But he appears to be locked into his role with this team on and off the court. Um, And then I don't want to rush us into the next segment, but the Barton stuff as well, I thought was, was no. You could, you, could, you could talk about that, but we'll go to Harrison here first, sure. to, just his takeaway. I, I loved what Monte had to say because he pretty much laid out what's going to be different about this Nuggets team this year, like in one sentence. He said that they're going to play faster, they're going to shoot more threes, they're going to try to get to the rim more, not settle for as many mid-rangers and floaters, and just create more three-pointers get to the foul line more. He wants to get to the foul line more. So Wait, are we the Rockets now? Just like that, the Denver, we're back to the Denver look, Rockets. I mean, the, the, the Nuggets have been bottom five in pace these last two years. They were bottom five in three-point attempts per game last year. It seems as if, from what Monte said today, there's going to be a shift. Uh, they're going to look to play up tempo more. And I think this goes right along with them signing Campazzo, them playing a lot of two-point guard looks. Uh, they're just gonna try to like change some things up on the offensive end get into the teeth of the defense more kick out for threes it it seems like there could be a little bit different of an offensive approach this year so i like what my guy year 1981 here is saying that monte he's he's calling it monte is starting and like here's the thing the nuggets cannot keep i don't think they can hold on to monte morris next year unless they have a trade that sheds salary because right now they're paying gary harris and will barton basically the money that would go toward the only way that you could make that money happen is 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 if you shed that but monte's really small i'm not a big fan of the small like putting too much short too many short guys on the court but for monte i make the exception i love when he's on the court i think that he fits in with all kinds of different styles. When him and Jamal Murray are playing together, it's great, great things happen. Monte Morris and Jokic obviously know what to do. Uh, I'm just such a big Monte fan, and I worry that Denver, this might be the end of it for him. So, I, it, like I said, hearing Malone's comments today and just talking about how that two-guard spot is up for grabs, I just... I think there's at least a chance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that I would not be surprised if you just took everything in a vacuum and you just went into training camp and you looked at what looked good for the Nuggets in camp. I would not be surprised if what looked best was Jokic, Murray, MPJ, and Monte Morris as one of the other two guys in there. I would not be surprised if that wasn't what shined in in in, in camp. But can you imagine that team starting MPJ now losing Grant Millsap arguably takes a step back, and now you're starting two point guards and one's pretty small. Like that's a big ask for a coach like Michael Malone, who I don't know how comfortable he would be with that defensively. Um, but to your point, Adam, and like Wynn's been on this for years. At times, the best the Nuggets have looked in the half court offense outside of just that two man game of Jokic and Murray is when Monte is out there and Murray can get off ball. So it's not off the table. No. Yeah, I, I personally just feel like the Nuggets will probably evolve into that. But I feel like mm. regardless of what they're talking about, like I, I think that because of how little time they have to prepare for this new season, they're going to go to their security blanket, which is playing their most known commodities together the most to begin with. Like right. it's going to be, I, I believe it will be, uh, Jokic, Millsap, Gary, 
uh, and then um, Jamal, and, and then just that last question of like, mm. well, uh, whether or not it's, uh, you know, that, that's what I'm saying, like at the three, it's it's be MPJ Porter, slides in, you know, if Porter. MPJ slides in, or if, or if he feels, you know, that's, that is what I believe what will happen, but yeah. I, what you're talking about, I think is probably the, the, the final form of what this Nuggets team runs. And I see this comment right here that Monte is more like six man because he is leader of the bench. Like, I see it, except for that Campazzo, I think, also becomes the leader of, of the bench. Like, he he can take on that role, and I think Monte, one of the things that's great about Monte Morris I honestly think he fits in every configuration because he's a great skilled player and a great, like, a, you know, he thinks the game well. So he knows, like, oh, I'm out here with the second unit, me and Mason Plumley last year, me and Mason Plumley pick and roll is the staple of this offense. Oh, I'm out here with Jamal Murray. The G- Murray Jokic is the staple, and I got to just, like, make sure I'm doing all the things that help us keep getting back to there if we oh, need to. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm warm to the idea of Monte Morris moving into that starting lineup, and I hope it happens. Um, you know, I, I hope that it's a thing that's at least a possibility, or at least that there's a lot of configurations there because him and Murray together, I just think, is a, a winning combo. Yeah, are we going to get a two-man game of Jamal and Jokic, and then a second two-man game of Campazzo and Hartenstein? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope, so. <laughs> I, I hope so. Anything else before we move on, take another break, and then come back for the final segment? I did like that uh, Monte and Campazzo have already talked. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, I mean, Monte said he wasn't surprised when they signed Campazzo. I'll admit it, I was surprised. I did not think Denver would, in this offseason, add another rotation-level point guard. I just didn't. They had Monte, they had P.J. Dozier waiting the wings. I was surprised. But Monte seemed like today he's pretty convinced that those two are going to be able to play really well next to each other. And I'm buying it. I, I think it could work to, really well, too. I, I he, also, he also said he's heard from Will Barton, said Will's doing great, but a quote he did say that, that sort of caught my ear was that Thrill is back to dunking the basketball, right. which may help to illustrate just how far away right. Will Barton was from playing, right. that he couldn't even dunk, uh, which is something he once did effortlessly. Remember, he was once in a dunk contest, uh, right. whether or not he should have been, he was, so, right. and now, so I don't know, That's I guess you could look at that glass half full or half empty, I suppose. All right, what do we got here? What do we got here? Oh, MSU Denver Online. I took a class at MSU Denver Online last summer. I am a proud MSU Denver Online alum, even though I did not graduate. I I took a class there. I guess I am technically still enrolled. I'm technically still a student. Uh, Check out their entire courses, msudenver.edu backslash online. The teachers at MSU Denver Online are incredible. They've been teaching online forever, so they've totally mastered how to get content and classroom uh, coursework from their mouth to your ears over the internet. They've been doing this forever. And online uh, education is really the only option a lot of us have right now. So check out their entire course list, msudenver.edu backslash online. Great for any type of student. And uh, yeah, the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Make sure to check that out with Colton Strickler. Best rugby podcast out there. And uh, he's keeping it locked on the DNVR rugby scene in Denver, in the state of Colorado. Always a lot going on, so make sure to check that out. All right, sweet. All right, final segment here. We have some Campazzo news, some Campazzo news. Um, but I did want to get into one thing. I, I, I saw somebody in the comments here with a great Monte at uh, PG. Jamal played shooting guard in college. Correct. Do you remember who he played shooting guard alongside? Who was the point guard? Tyler Ulis. 
Tyler Ulis, who, in my opinion, is like a smaller Monte Morris. Very, 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 very similar skill sets. Now, Denver and the NBA in general, I think, places the ball more in just Jamal Murray's hands. Even if Monte is more of the like true point guard or whatever, I still think with the way it works, it still be it would be a little different than that dynamic. But it's not to say that it would be wholly unnatural, and that's that's just right. why I bring it up. It could so. be like when we had Moutier running the point where he would just come up. The second he would cross half court, he would just pass it off, and it would, he was technically bringing the ball up. But like, but that's important though, Eric. Yeah. I, like you're making Whoa. a joke of it, no? But it's actually really important because he bringing made no the ball, playmaking after that. Though. Bringing no, no, a couple things here. Bringing the ball up can be taxing, especially over the course of 48 minutes, and just against pressure or whatever. And then secondly, smart defenses force the guy with the ball to take it out of his hands in a like a disadvantaged place, right? Sure. So if that's Monte. And it's like, hey, we just need you to bring it up and get it to Jokic, and now we can run our set in the spots that yeah. we want. That's actually a pretty big advantage. Yeah, well, I'm saying, though, like rather than like a Chris Paul type of point guard where he brings it up and then right. starts the play, like if he just got to get it over the half-court line and then just passes it off to Jamal every time, and then they go into the two-man, like, right. okay, what's the difference? People are saying I'm showing off with my compazzo. I guess I'm all in. I'm all in on compazzo, man. I'm telling so, you, like I've, I'm, I, maybe I'm the sucker here, but I've like already been so won over with all the little like things about him arriving. We saw the picture of him and his wife and daughter at the, I think it was daughter at, at the uh, downtown and like his arrival, and then 16th Street, yeah. And then today we get. Um, do we have? Do you have it? The the letter there, Kale. Do we want to pull it up because he wrote a letter. It's on. Hoops Hype published it. I don't know. I don't know where the letter originally went out. And if Hoops Hype, usually they aggregate things. But he had a couple really interesting things. If you can scroll down a side, I think it's the it starts with a side because he's kind of explaining right here. He's kind of explaining why he came to Denver, and he says, aside from being super happy about becoming an NBA player, I'm also ecstatic about doing it so with the Nuggets. There was mild interest from New York and Minnesota. Made a hard run at my services with my friend Pablo Prigioni, recruiting me all the time, but it was impossible to say no to Denver. The fact that they are a playoff team where you can compete for major things and get a lot of visibility really factored into my decision. Not to mention, they have a bit of an international flavor, which made Denver even more appealing. Also, and this is the next paragraph, also, manager Nobly, Andres Nocioni, and Luis Scola put in a good word for the organization and the city. At that point, I was sold. Wow. <laughs> We've That's been waiting dope, for this answer. We've been waiting for why was it that Campazzo chose Denver and seemed so gung-ho? Who else was, was interested? Okay, the Knicks. You would think maybe a European playing in a, a large – he's not a Euro, but, but playing in Europe and having the like a large city, New York would be a draw. Minnesota probably has a chance to go in and play a bigger role even than he, does in, he has in Denver. Still chose Denver because of the team, the international flavor, and because the city – Got the stamp of approval from three guys I didn't even know. Yeah, like had ever like have no connection to Denver. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This is, I mean, which is funny if you think about then the play, the one notable player that moved out of the city this time. Like, that seems like maybe he wasn't that into Denver potentially. Like, the, just the notion that somebody wants to play on your team, like that is that lo- you don't have to start off by trying to convince them that Denver is a good place to come. Like, people that just inherently understand that is, like, already, like... Right. Well, not just, right, that this would be good for me, too, but the word specifically, visibility, which is not something <laughs> yeah, you would yeah, have associated with the Denver Nuggets. He might have got bad intel on that there, one. There's, yeah. there's a lot of... The, the air is very clear in Denver. Very, very clear <laughs> That's what not, it was. A lot, not a lot of pollution in Denver. 
I know yeah. they're on national television all the time, locally. The, yeah. the, the, yeah. <laughs> not, not the locally. radio loves them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know that you know that you can't watch them on the local cable network, but they do appear on ESPN once a season. So I want to make sure that. <laughs> but it should also be noted that Jermichael Green talked about Michael Malone specifically in the way that made it sound like Michael Malone was a big factor of why he came, and like there's this or that, and. Look, man, I'm going to be the ultimate skeptic about any NBA players wanting to come, but there are at least a few guys that have circled Denver and said, hey, that's what I want to be a part of. And they are the Compazzos of the world, the Jamichael Greens of the world. Okay, maybe it's not Giannis, maybe it's not Paul George, but you know what? Denver already has those guys. They have Jamal Murray, they have Nikola Jogic, maybe they have Michael Porter. That's how it so starts. So starting too. to get the high-level role players that want to be the pieces around it to me, is it's really encouraging. It's, it's a complete shift in paradigm like it's nothing that we've ever heard before everything is always like if we were ever to get a any kind of player of note it would be via trade uh that they we found out later on they weren't happy about and they yeah. immediately <laughs> shipped themselves out afterwards or it was sort of like a last ditch effort um and we had to rely entirely on building via the draft like just the notion that we are getting uh players that are excited about the city of denver just makes me so encouraged moving forward and I also just like how sort of creative Tim Connelly and co have gotten here. They're filling in the cracks around a championship roster and a team that historically is not known for visibility, does not draw interest. So what have they done? They've tapped into the Euro pipeline, right, both in terms of nationality and Americans that are just playing over there. They took a cheap flyer on the talented but maybe underutilized so far Isaiah Hartenstein. So, look, they'll do it their own way, right? Maybe they can't go the traditional path and get the Lakers buyout guys, so they'll get creative. Um, I think there are a lot of questions about Compazzo, but I'm very excited about about the idea of him fitting into the fold. I, I, to be honest, I would so much rather have Facundo Compazzo than uh, Montrez Harrell. You know, or like, one, oh, of these, like yeah. one of these like just like guys that have like a terrible attitude, and you can tell like just really, really want to be in Los Angeles for the reasons that don't have anything to do with what happens on the basketball court. Like, I just love the idea as a fan of legit, like a legitimate fan of beautiful basketball, that people want to come and play alongside Nikola Jokic because they feel like yeah. it could complement their personal playing style. Like, man. Yeah, I, I got the feeling from reading that letter that he just really wants to be in Denver and he's really excited about coming to the NBA too. He talked about how it's like been his dream to always play in the NBA and he wants to carve out a long career over here. It doesn't seem like this is going to be uh, like a Milos Teodosic situation where he just plays one season and then goes back. Uh, it seems like he definitely wants to be here. And another factor that made Campazzo comfortable with Denver from what I heard, is that Marty Poshis, who we all know yeah. in the Nuggets front office, was a teammate of Kampatsa's. Were like, they teammates? I don't know if they were teammates. I, I was looking at it up, and I don't know if there was overlap. So Marty Poshis, who played at Duke and then played at Real Madrid, but I think he left right as Kampatsa arrived. Okay, well, they were either teammates or they were just like in they the same organization sure. together yeah. from uh, in some capacity. I, I thought yeah. they were teammates, but... There's just familiarity there, and that, that stuff really helps, especially if you're coming over from Europe with your family. You don't know anyone here. That stuff can be really valuable. Yeah, and I like the Nuggets tweeted out a video, and I think um, they, they show him walking into the arena, and he, of course, he goes first right from the parking lot and doesn't make the turn down the, the hallway to go to the locker room and to the practice facility. Instead, he walks right into the stadium and looks just kind of looks around it because, of course – you know, American stadiums are different than European stadiums in ways both good and bad. Like, But they are like sort of like 
grand and just like okay the suites and everything you know they just look like expensive or whatever so he he walks into this one and you could just see him kind of taking it in like here i am and in his letter he talks about how this was such a dream of his his whole life so you could oh it was a cool moment that the nugget shared a very personal one of him walking into the arena for the first time and being like here i am i made it and and it was a really it was just a cool moment i had a huge tip of the hat to the nugget social media team for pulling that one off because i thought it was i thought it was so cool i need to watch that and i'll imagine while he's looking up he's looking specifically at my seats and thinking about the day that I'm able to, to look and scream, let's go at him from, from down. <laughs> it's so cool, too. I mean, this is a guy, we read we read his accomplishment list yesterday, and it was so long. But very similar energy to Najee and RJ Hampton finding out that they were drafted. I mean, we cover professional athletes. We hold them to standards. Um, you know, are you good enough? Can you help the team win? But the human interest elements here are dope. Like, dreams came true. Uh, dreams came true for Compazzo. And so I think you just have to root for a guy like that, um, not just because you're a Nuggets fan, but because it's an awesome story. Yeah. He also said in there that he's not sure how much he's going to play. He doesn't, like, know exactly what his role is. Um, I, I don't think he's coming over here. I know people have talked about his playing time a lot. I don't think the Nuggets have, like, guaranteed him 20 minutes a game or something. I, I don't think or my read on it is it's not that type of situation. I, I do think he's going to play. I, I think he's going to be in the rotation, but um, everybody's going to have to fight for minutes on this team, especially in, in that backcourt. No. Yeah, so, so I thought it was I'm cool. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm all in on Compazzo. It's funny. I'm in on all so these guys, but I'm getting more, you know, Compazzo makes an interesting story to me because there's such this, like, I think um, I, I don't I haven't got confirmation on this, but I'm told Maris, from Miroslav, the homie Miroslav, Serbian correspondent, so and you can take very this to famous the bank. person. So you can take it to the bank. Um, <laughs> that the buyout was almost equal to the contract that he assigned. His buyout from Real Madrid almost equal. I don't know if that's true or not. What I do know is that Compazzo probably could have made more money staying in Europe and being a star in Europe as opposed to fighting for a spot of which he was very open for. He doesn't know if he's going to get playing time. I love it. And that just shows you how important it is for him. This, you know, it it really does feel like this was more of a achieving a a dream over what was maybe financially made sense or or what have you. And you just always root for that. And then lastly, in that letter, again, you can find it on Hoops Hype. In that letter, he also mentions that in, he's not going to be able to get away with some of the things he did in Europe, <laughs> yeah, including great. complaining about playing time and how like coaches knew that he could be a guy that apparently sometimes he would be on the bench and spit like to like make a fuss to show that he's ready to go back in the game. That's the most. That's that's <laughs> so funny, dude. I, I, would, I was I had to read it a few times because I'm like reading it. I'm sure this was like translated or something, and I'm like reading it and I'm kind of like. Um, what you spit? Like what, <laughs> he hold on, spit on his on? Argentinian coach's shoe once. Oh my <laughs> god! What's <laughs> this with Michael here? Malone? I am so in on him trying this. Between between what little I know from Manu and the homie here, what an expressive people the Argentines. They do not hold back. They let you know. How they yeah. Feel. Wait, is yeah. is he going to start spitting? <laughs> I don't know. If Probably not the thing you want to do in the COVID era either. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> We have some inside info here. Uh, I'm thinking we're getting from Europe that Compazzo and Poches did, in fact, play uh, together 2015 to 2017. Mm, okay. there so yeah. there you go. Trust my reporting, Adam. Trust my reporting. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about Compazzo, guys, he was playing in a season, like, up until last Friday. I, I think yeah. his last game with Real Madrid was, like, less than a week ago. So yeah. 
he's not really ramping up for a season. He was already in the middle of one. So Good, I, yep. I think that bodes well for him just coming into this thing when a lot of other guys hadn't haven't had like a huge off season and uh, it's not a typical ramp up time. He's already in shape. He's already been playing in a season. He's uh he's ready for the on season, baby. He never yep. had an off season. He went straight into the oh to God. the on season. Um, this was fun, guys. The first day tomorrow we're gonna have more people. Uh, you know, more more interviews. Uh, do you know who's on the docket for tomorrow, Harrison? Do we know already? I don't know. No. I don't Maybe Campazzo though. It might be Campazzo, oh, yeah, God. who knows? Give it so, to me. I want it. <laughs> so we're going to have that tomorrow, 2 o'clock tomorrow, because I believe we've had to move things around, guys, because Nuggets media availability, we just don't know the timing. Like, they give it to us basically 24 hours in advance. But tomorrow we'll be able to 2 o'clock mountain time and just expect a little bit of flexibility over the next couple of days. We're going to try to post the show on YouTube early in the morning with the time, so you can check YouTube and you'll see exactly when it is. That's all the more reason for you to subscribe and hit the little bell icon on on YouTube if you're watching this it gives you gives you the notice so it'll be like oh a new thing is scheduled I'll tell you the time and you'll get that um, hey we um, appreciate everyone commenting comment sections just been oh, like yeah. we don't even have to touch off the chain now which is a, a poor man's Miroslav I love this <laughs> um, if you do dig the show on YouTube so many of you have been watching with us every day on YouTube if you're a regular subscribe to the channel throw us a like those things go a really really long way for us no doubt about it. You know, I, I just one quick thought here. Like, I love that we have transitioned from the things that did not happen in the off season to the things that did happen in the off season. Like, I don't really yeah. care like who signed or who didn't sign and and what it is we imagined what was going to be happening and what the Nuggets were going to look like moving into the off season. Like now that the dust has settled and I'm sort of sort of like kind of looking around and taking stock of the lay of the land. Like, man, like it's exciting. Like. I love that that players themselves are bringing enthusiasm into this season that can maybe even like match our own. Like, dude, it's uh, it's gonna be on and or popping, my friends. Sports are meant to be fun and like you get you know when things are happening, we all do their immediate like oh we're nervous. This was you know whatever. We're at the point where we're like you know what's fun sports and we're gonna yeah. have fun with it. Right. <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun over the course of the season. We're gonna have fun tomorrow, guys. We'll be back. Also, guess what drops later today. Breaking news from Michael Malone in his presser today. The NBA schedule is set to start <laughs> right. sometime today. So tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking that down as well. We hope to see you then. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Can't wait to play Portland the first game of the season like we always do. Yeah, I don't know. Before we get out of here, guys, Green Mountain Dental Group. Make sure to hit these guys up. Maybe you just moved to Denver or maybe you're looking for a new dentist in town. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. The absolute best service of any dentist I've ever been to. After you go in for a cleaning, or maybe you go in to get a cavity filled, get a teeth pulled, something, they will give you a call, check up on you to see how your visit went. If there's anything else they can do to make it a better experience next time, if there's anything they can change, they cater to their customers' needs. They really care about you. They're not some chain dentist that's just shuffling in and out people all day. They actually care about their patients. They are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush, a top of the line electric toothbrush that's gonna last you forever when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Hit them up today, Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver.